Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, today my guest is my daughter, Emily Parrish. She is preparing to serve a church mission for the next 18 months, and she joins me today to tell us why she has decided to do such a crazy and wonderful thing. Emily, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is exciting. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it's customary in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for young men and women to go out and serve a period of 18 months or two years uh, to to share the gospel as they see it and serve people they don't know. So how exciting for you. Very. <laughs> for those that maybe don't know why you're doing this, you're 19 years old. You're at the, like the prime of your life. Why would you give up so much or are you giving up so much to do to go serve and tell people where you're going? Okay. Um, I'm going to Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, why are you doing this? Why when so many others maybe going off to school or in the, the, the Latter-day Saint culture, they're getting married at younger <laughs> ages. Why would you give up all that freedom in your new life for such a rigorous lifestyle for 18 months? Well, I think a few reasons. One of them is that God created everything and he created me and he created my life and he's given me everything that I have and really the only thing that we can give back to God is our will to do what he knows is best for us um and so this is my way of like giving my will to God and like saying okay here's my abilities and my skills and my talents and whatever I have use them for the next year and a half to help other people. Like, let me use them to give back to you and to help your children. And also that, I think, especially now, the Latter-day Saint Church is getting a lot of hate for being very judgmental and rude. And I don't think that's what the doctrines of what we teach teach. And so I want to go out and just show the people that I meet that us as Mormons, air quoting Mormons, we don't have horns. We're not, we're not supposed to be judgmental. We're supposed to show the love of Christ and we're supposed to help everybody feel united instead of all the divisiveness that's happening. So I want to be an example of that to other people. And I just want to go out and serve people for a year and a half because on the mission, your focus is completely on other people. Um, we're supposed to do an hour of personal study every day. And in that personal study, you can study whatever you want, but what it's supposed to be for is for the people you're teaching and for the people around you. So like you're supposed to be focusing on the needs of other people around you and studying and thinking, okay, what can I do to help these people? So even the like personal time that you're given is actually for other people. Um, so it's a good time to become selfless. So I'm, that's one of the reasons. 
why I want to go. That was long. Sorry. Going to be selfless. Going to dispel some of the myths that are out there <laughs> yeah. about us crazy Mormons. And just serve people. And Emily is also, as one of her first assignments, um, well, technically she heads into what's called the Missionary Training Center in Provo, for those who don't know, where missionaries go to get more intense education about sharing the gospel. Uh, she's going English speaking, so she's only going to be there for 10 days or so, whereas yeah. someone who is serving in a foreign mission or a foreign language mission, they would go for two or three times that that long yeah. to, to learn the language, uh, to go out and essentially do the same thing, but just in a different language. So one of her assignments is to interview somebody somebody who joined the church, joined the church later, later in life. In life. <laughs> and she has a bonus package with me, her dad, and her mother, Yeah, who both joined the church in our later life. Of course, it's been a half a lifetime for me. So Emily... Let's do your assignment. Okay. What do you What do you have to What What do you need to know? Okay. Uh, just a few things. So, before joining the church, before having any sort of like um, spiritual experience with the church, what made you start looking? Like, what did you feel like you needed? Why were you looking for something, or were you looking for something? I I kind of didn't know that I was looking for it until I kind of found it. Okay. What I mean by that is I grew up with no faith or religion per se in my home at all. I did always believe that there was, that God existed. And maybe it's because I lived out in the middle of nowhere in a very small town. And at night you could see every star in the galaxy pretty much. And I would always look up and wonder and think to myself with all that, space if there's an if there isn't a god of some kind then that's just a colossal waste of space <laughs> and after high school i did what you know typically teens do is they go off to college mm -hmm. and the only school that accepted me out of all the ones i applied to was utah state university so i came here and then i started seeing really good examples of people living Christ-like lives and and just loving me for who I was. And I also had, you know, some experiences with people that weren't doing it so right. But for the most part, after a few years of being here, I decided to seek it out and just find more about the actual church itself versus some of the behaviors that I saw because I knew that wasn't really overly representative of the church. Mm-hmm. And just started hanging out with people that were good and kind and wanted to be my friend. No other reason. Awesome. And she's clickety-clackety typing yeah. the answers to this. Sorry for the annoying tapping noises. I have to write this down because my memory is bad. <laughs> um, okay, so what was your first impression of the missionaries? Because obviously we, we dress nice. We're supposed to be in church clothes but other than that like what was the first impression of missionaries they were just so clean cut they looked like little cookie cutter <laughs> versions of each other <laughs> and was that like an attract not attractive like physically attractive but was it like something that drawed 
drew didn't drew me. No, it didn't draw me. It just it okay. was just an observation. Okay. I'd never seen missionaries before. Mm-hmm. I, I did know that there was a lot of people trying to give me suggestions on how to live my life better and try to change me. But missionaries, yeah, they were just little shiny molds of each other. <laughs> the, again, the guys and the and the girls. It ended up being uh, a set of two sister missionaries like you are, Emily, <laughs> that knocked on my door. And I, at this point, I was ready to learn. I was, I was actively seeking. You know, I wanted to meet with them mm-hmm. to learn. And they had come to see my roommate, who was from China Whoa. at the time. And I don't think he really was interested in seeing them. I, they, I guess they had some kind of an appointment, but he sort of blew them off. And since I was there, and of course they were cute and attractive, <laughs> and I was 23 at the time. So, of course, I'm going to let them in. And I did. We can we can talk more details about how that all happened, but what's your next question? Um, okay. So, what... Um, what was in like your conversion journey, what role did the missionaries play? Like, do you feel like they were the reasons or did you do like searching on your own or both? Or what? More them than me. I was ready to learn, mm-hmm. but not so ready that I was actively going to find them. Yeah. Even though they were crawling all over the campus. <laughs> I wasn't that motivated to go, hey, guys, come tell me all your stories. Mm-hmm. They just, so they were, they were delivered to my doorstep, literally, I think, I think by so. God. I think so. And, and so we, there, there, at that time, there were a set of like six standard discussions about the gospel that they gave. Mm-hmm. And the second one was about baptism. And they said, "Well, would you be baptized?" And I said, "Well, I, why? I don't, I don't. I was hemmed and hawed and was kind of prideful. I'm like, I don't need to be baptized." And they just simply asked me, "Will you pray about it?" Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'd ever actually ever prayed in my life, at least vocally. Yeah. And I did, and I just simply got on my knees and said, "Heavenly Father, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this the path for me?" It was as simple as that. And I got such a magical feeling and from head to toe that just radiated through my whole body that I've never had since that strong. And I felt like I could have floated across the room. It was, <laughs> it was, it was just such a, a an intense spiritual experience. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain it. It's hard to explain yeah. in words. I don't have the ability to do that. Yeah. And that told me that, yes, this was the path that I was supposed to take. And, and so I, so I started learning more and then set, um, I'd actually set a baptismal date because I wanted to, to join. But in that process, I was telling everyone because I was, that was such a magical experience. I just <laughs> wanted to share it with everyone. And usually when you find something that's really good and valuable to you, you, you naturally want to share it with people. Yeah. And so I was sharing it with anyone and anyone, every anyone who'd listen. <clears throat> and I started to get some negative feedback from my family and some of my friends who were not members of the church about what a crazy decision 
I was making and how stupid that was. And one guy actually said to me, if you do this, I don't think we can be friends anymore. Whoa, and ironically so enough, out of all the friends we had in that group, I'm still friends with that guy today. <laughs> so I guess he didn't make good on his promise. <laughs> That's good. Do you feel like living as a member of the church is more or less restrictive than the way you were living before? Like, do you feel more free being a member? I don't honestly see a difference in terms of things being restrictive. Okay. I, I could do pretty much whatever I wanted before. I can still do whatever I want. There, there We have what's called agency mm -hmm. to choose. Yes, there are standards and guidelines and boundaries the church has. You know, like fences, they yeah. actually help you. They actually give you more freedom sometimes. I don't consider... In the beginning, actually, yes. In the beginning, uh, I liked having both Saturday and Sunday to do whatever I wanted. And I, that was an adjustment, the lifestyle, you mm -hmm. know, going to church for three hours. It was a three hour block of church meetings at yeah. that time on Sundays. It's now two. That was an adjustment. And I'm in a constant battle with my selfish nature all the time. Even 26 years later, the lazy part of me on Sunday doesn't want to go. Sometimes I don't want to serve in callings and mm -hmm. because that's i'm fighting my, my my nature all the time but i do it because i know i've grown so much for for the opportunities that i've had to serve and speak and and do things for other people so it's been the hardest thing i've ever done but the best thing i've ever done mm -hmm. thank you okay um let's see uh if you could give a tip to future missionaries, AKA me or anyone, what was like something that you would say, don't do this because it's gonna push people away and something that you would say, you should do this because it'll help other people want to come. Perfect question. Because I ran into, I probably cycled through five or six sets and a set is two people for those that don't know. Mm -hmm sets of missionaries trying to share the gospel with me and teach me. And I know there was one, there was one companionship, two young men. Uh, and at the time I was on a uh, U.S. Forest Service hotshot fire crew in the summer. And they came to my door and I let them in and they started, one of them just was really intrigued. He said, Hey, I'm, I'm elder so-and-so. What's your name? What do you do? And so I told him I was a firefighter and he was just, he just lit up and he just was interested in me and kept asking, wow, that's, you know, what, how, tell me about that lifestyle and what that's like. And his companion just sat there staring at me the whole time, didn't say a <laughs> word. And then as soon as the good guy, you know, the one that was asking me all the questions was done. The other one says, well, well how do you feel about the church? And just sort of interjected <laughs> that because that's what he was supposed to do. Yeah. And I felt really put off by that. So I, in, in one set of companion or missionaries, I had a great example and one that wasn't so great. And, mm -hmm. and I, I get it now. They're young, yeah, they you know, they're 18, 19 years old. Sometimes they don't really know what to do. But just having a genuine love and concern for that person mm -hmm. and being interested in them, ask them yeah. questions. And 
I think if you do that, then talking about the gospel will come naturally. Mm -hmm. But if you try to force it, people can feel that and they don't, it, it pushed me away. Yeah. I didn't want to talk to this other kid because he, he was just trying to get a number. He was just trying to, he was just doing his duty, which I, I can understand and respect. Yeah. But I would say going out, just be genuine. And not every person you meet is going to be a sale, a <laughs> spiritual sale. You may be the, you may be the first contact that person has. And mm -hmm. it may be years before planting a seed, planting a seed. Mm -hmm. And you can't go out there thinking you're going to be the one that, that, you know, again, makes that sale every time, mm -hmm. which is a noble and, you know, perspective to have, you know, thinking you can do that, but just be genuine and kind. And if someone decides they want to join the church because of you, then that's great. If not, then I'm, my philosophy is then you have a new friend. Yeah. And what's the downside to that? Exactly. But it has to happen naturally. Otherwise people just get butthurt about things. Yep. Exactly. I agree. Um, that, so what you said about genuine connections, that was actually day one, first lesson in the home MTC was creating genuine connections because that is the only way people will ever want to talk to you. That's the only way you're going to make friends. That's the only way to help people feel loved. And that's the only way we like grow as human beings is by having, um, like deep genuine personal connections with the people we live with our friends people we don't even know like that's how you get to know people and how you learn and so that's interesting that you say that. well it's the essence of the gospel it is that is the gospel the first <laughs> commandment is to love god or something like that i'm no, yeah. I'm no scriptorian or remember my commandments but the second one is love your neighbor yeah. as yourself exactly you didn't say I, I beat this drum all the time. Jesus didn't say, save your neighbor, fix mm -hmm. your neighbor, no. put your neighbor on a personal service project list, convince them of your ideas. He said, love them. Mm -hmm. And if we just do that, it will take out so much stress and anxiety of trying to do this work. Yep. It's, a, it's a sales thing. I'm in sales. I don't ever try to push my product on people. I share with them the value of it and just be as honest about it and the costs involved and the process as possible and let them make their choice. You got to let people exactly. choose because if they feel forced into a decision, then they feel like they're sold. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be sold. Wants, people no. want to buy. They want to buy people your message, Emily. They're not a transaction. No. And, they, and if they feel that you love them, one, that will inspire them to at least look further into the message you're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's that what you said was, it reminded me of a scripture. Um, there's actually a song also. It's called By Our Love by Four King and Country. It's a very good song. Um, but the scripture is John 13, 34 and 35. So it says, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That's like, the basics and it's but it's the basics but it's also everything like it's the simplest thing you can do but it's the best thing you can do for anyone is just to love them yeah 
which the, awesome. the world needs it. Everyone, whether you're a member of the church or any church or not, people want to be loved. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, human a, it's a universal thing. I don't yeah. care where you are. That will break so many boundaries because mm -hmm. people want that human. It's just a human need, a connection. Yeah. And, and sorry, keep going. No, I'm done. Moving on. Um, I think, I think I might've shared that in the beginning, but that is like one of the reasons why I want to serve a mission is to just share that the gospel is so simple and it's just love. Like every topic that is taught within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints boils down to love for either you, for yourself, for others, or for God. And it's awesome. So yeah, I think that is cool that it's so simple and it really doesn't have to be complex. Well, when I was growing up, I, I would always hear, you know, you hear these televangelists or other churches say, God is love. Jesus loves you. God loves you. And I was just like, oh, so what? what does that mean? I, just, I didn't even know what it meant. And it didn't resonate with me at all but i get it now yeah it just means if if you believe and follow jesus christ and heavenly father then that's what you're going to naturally want to do yeah i think even if you don't mm -hmm. follow him yeah. there's great phenomenal people in the world of all faiths or of mm -hmm. no faiths that are good and decent and kind human beings and yeah just love oh definitely people. yeah definitely and it's because they show love which I think is like a divine quality. And so like, you don't have to be a member of the church to be a good person. No, no church has a monopoly on no, kindness. No. And all religions like bring something awesome to the table. So it's like, it really, as long as you're a good person and you love people, then it's fine. Um, there was another question that I was going to ask you. I keep forgetting as you speak, it's like, Oh, all these questions are coming to my head. And then as soon as you're done telling your story, I'm like, well, it's gone. Sorry. Um, no, not your fault. You're good. Um, if you could train the missionaries in the world, what would you want them to know or understand about like the perspective of people who have never heard of the church or who don't know religion or who do know religion and are looking for something different or whatever? What would you... What advice? I would teach them to get on the same page with whoever they're talking to. That was also one of the lessons. That's the, awesome. whatever their level of knowledge, try yep. to find, you know, Oh my God. Build, build on like common, you know, there's, Oh my God. One of the things in the church, <laughs> you know, building relationships of trust is, is finding out what they do know. And then one of, one of the former presidents of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints used to always say, if when he was talking to, to people or other faiths, he said, bring all the good that you have and let us see if we can build on it. And I don't know how that can be threatening to anyone. It's like, you have, you, you think this, maybe I can add to that. And who wouldn't want that? If, if yeah. you're humble and want knowledge and want to learn, then you're going to want to learn from anything. Exactly. I can talk to, I remember some Jehovah's witnesses came to my door one time when I lived in Denver and I instantly let them in. Uh, I had think I'd, I had been a member of the church for a year at that point, maybe not even that, but I had a, they saw a book of Mormon on my coffee table and they immediately dismissed themselves. <laughs> like, like, like something 
evil or voodoo-ish was going to come out of that book. And I wanted to talk to them. I, I'm, I don't shove them away or push them away because mm -hmm. they're in a different club because we can all learn from each other. And if we exactly. just, it's just a mutual respect and they're humans. They're trying to, they're, they may be in a different faith or path that may be different than yours. And you may be taught that they're weird or maybe people think we're weird. And sometimes I think we are <laughs> and it's okay. But every one of us is on a path through this life, trying to do the best we can with the information we have and, and not exactly. screw it up on our way out. Exactly. Sorry. I was searching for, another scripture that you reminded me of about teaching people and like talking to people based on what they know and what they already understand and getting on their level yeah, meet them where they are meet them where they are that was also one of the lessons that we've been being taught so that's maybe awesome. i should be a teacher maybe you should this, honestly that's awesome that um you as a former I guess outsider like outsider geez um that's your advice. That's awesome. Cause that's what we're being taught. Um, well, I just, all the experiences I had with people young and old who were trying to do their best to share it with me, mm -hmm. but maybe didn't do so well, but they were doing the best they could. Yeah. And if, if, if I would offer that same advice to them at the time, don't try to push things on. Don't try to push a rope. <laughs> it doesn't work. No. Um, so the scripture, about getting on like teaching based on their understanding it's in second nephi 31 which is in the book of mormon um and it says this is uh nephi speaking um i think he's teaching someone i don't fully understand it yet but it says for my soul delighteth in plainness for after this manner doth the lord god work among the children of men for the god giveth light unto understanding for he speaketh unto men according to their language, unto their understanding. And that is what we're being taught, is to like make sure that we're explaining things plainly and getting to know the person we're teaching so that we can help them based on what they know and like and the you, world they understand. And if you get to know them, then you can understand their exactly. little nuances and yes. their questions and, and maybe know what their questions yes. mean. So maybe they say one thing or ask one thing, but they actually mean something else. And you can detect exactly. that better exactly. if you know them. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Another scripture reference that I want to share that says something about that. Um, like getting on, on their level. So it's 1 Corinthians 9, um, 19 through 21. So it says, um, for behold, I am free from all men, yet I've made myself a servant unto all that I might gain the more. So like he is almost like setting himself apart from, I think this is Paul. He's setting himself apart from his normal life and he's willing to like give up what he has to be a servant, um, to p other people. And so the next verse, verse 20 is, and unto the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. And to them that are without the law, as without the law, um, not being, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. So this one was kind of hard for me to understand at first. Honestly, the Bible is hard for me to understand. Um, but it's basically saying, like, forget yourself, forget the things that you think matter right now. And be willing to give everything to serving other people and be
be willing to go to other people's levels. So like unto the Jews, he became as a Jew. So he tried to like understand their world and live as they do or whatever so that he could relate to them and teach them and help them um, come unto Christ. So I thought that was well, cool. and people if if they know that you have a genuine interest in them, they exactly. will open up and they will what you say will have more value because they exactly they know, you, you can't do this with an agenda. No, other than loving them, mm-hmm. that's a good agenda. Mm-hmm. Which should be everybody's agenda in the entire world because a lot of problems would be solved. So tomorrow. many problems would be solved. It's so sad if we would do that, but we. I mean, I get it. Like, then, then we have pride. Yeah. Um, Satan, if you believe Satan, and I do, is real and he gets in people's hearts. We're recording You're again. You're recording again, yeah? All right. All right, Emily. So you've done your assignment. You've asked me all the questions. Yes. You leave for the training missionary training center in Provo mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then we will not see you in the flesh oh. for 18 months. Yes. <laughs> I'm kind of sad about it, but I'm so excited for you to go and yeah. do this mm-hmm. and to hear your experiences and to watch you grow into even a, a, a more amazing human than you are. And your, your, your dedication and your diligence to perfecting yourself has been inspiring. Thank you. As you, you learn, you've learned how to You've taught yourself how to play piano. You taught yourself how to play guitar. You, you, you're just your your discipline. Your personal discipline is inspiring to me, and I will do better as you are away with my <laughs> own journey, because of the inspiration uh, that I have gained from you. Wow. So, um, so we will do this interview, part two, post mission, <laughs> post mission in eighteen months to see That's how so your weird. perspectives. <laughs> have changed okay and how you've grown it's gonna be awesome right. it's gonna be so so for those listening i will have a southern accent she'll I have hope. she'll have southern draw i sure hope i do and saying lots of yonk twos and, and yes ma'am yes ma'am thank you ma'am thank, thank you, you ma'am which is oh, good why doesn't everyone talk like that and we should all talk like that <laughs> so for those who are wanting uh episode two just hang on for 18 months and we'll have it when she comes back God is good. God is good. God is good. Go out there and make friends. Yeah, make new friends I want to make friends. And, and uh, learn about other people's lives. So thank you, Emily, for your time today, for joining me. Thank you. Glad and I could w- interview you. Thanks for answering my questions. Hey, it all works out. <laughs> and we'll see you in 18 months. Bye, everybody. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.